Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. It's Roxander Hodge. Thanks for tuning in again today. Today I have a colleague, um, Tyler Hayden. And uh, Tyler is a a pretty interesting guy. He's pretty, um, I would say, funny. Can you tell? Well, for those that can't see him, he's kind of poking around in the camera. And uh, Tyler does some amazing things. He's been, you were starting in the speaking field when you were like, what seven or something is that it Tyler? yeah i finished just out of university yeah so pretty much i right. was doing so, not like the rest of us that had jobs before we got into speaking um uh his uh himself and one other colleague uh started right out the gate and they're quite young so obviously he has uh, multiple designations of which uh, one of the ones that i think is um uh, of Noni of Worth is the um, CSP, which is a um, an international designation for speaking and uh, something that he has. And we have a fair amount of them in Canada, which is amazing with our Canadian Speakers Association. So Tyler, thank you for coming in. Tyler is a guy that's always on a plane or a train or, you know, um, somewhere uh, other than home. So thanks for taking the time to hang out with us today. Absolutely, Roxanne. I appreciate the invitation. It's uh, it's great to be in my studio and uh, hanging out with uh, with your people who uh, who love you so much. And I know exactly why, because you're absolutely amazing. So uh, thank you for the invitation. And uh, folks out in uh, Internet land, thanks for uh, joining us. It's uh, it's great to have you here. Uh, like Roxanne said, I've been doing this for 28 years. I'm 49 years old, written 28 books. Um, you know, I've traveled internationally talking to groups from Michelin and the YPO to, uh, you know, the, the local uh, local, y, local 4-H group here in uh, in Nova Scotia. I love to be able to share, connect, and, uh, and help people grow. You know, my business has been, um, and most of my writings have been in workplace culture, uh, which I think would be of interest to folks on your on your list. Uh, as well as team building. So yeah, I curate a little thing called Team Building School. It's a little beta LMS um, school that we're building online uh, where we're looking to share some ways of how to connect and, and build more engaged teams. That's what that's what it's all about. Let's talk about what got you, like, I mean, you're talking in your 20s, like you got in yeah. to speaking. Did you go to school for, is, was there a speaking school back then? that you? Like, <laughs> like a I wish university? because... The only thing that I had that was remotely speaking school was getting kicked out of class from about grade three until actually fourth year university. I kicked out of class for talking too much and cracking jokes. Um, But yeah, no, I went to uh, Acadia University. I have a degree, a bachelor's degree in outdoor and environmental education. Uh, So it was a really cool degree because it was a a combination of human performance. Uh, So we we studied recreation, leisure behaviors, kind of human performance stuff. Then we also did a combined degree, 
the other one third of it uh, was all business management. So we took OD, OT, uh, finance, all that kind of stuff, which really helps in the business today. Uh, and then the, the kind of the, the core part that I did, I did a major in outdoor and environmental ed. So I went rock climbing, hiking, canoeing, did adventure education um, and team building. So that's how I got started. And uh, yeah, I, I actually spent a lot of time doing that even in high school and university as a consultant. I don't really count that time as my business time, uh, but started what, what is now the largest student-run student leadership association in North America um, and uh, and spent a lot of time helping to grow kind of the student leadership movement for the first part of my career until I got old. Um, I had a young person tell me I was old when I turned 30. So um, a speaker colleague told me that uh, if you're starting to get old, get out of the gymnasium. So I became the the cool young face in uh, in the corporate world and, and started at about 30, 31 years old, working full time, um, doing keynotes and, and team design and and consulting. So, yeah, that's that's kind of been my my path in a nutshell. So let's talk, let's dive right into it. So, you know, sure. I talk about um, connection and relationships and how leaders yep. need to connect. So let's just jump right in. And I often think that um, leaders are well-intentioned sometimes, right? But they're so mm. tactically driven and, you know, they oftentimes don't stop to have those little pockets of fun, I would say, in order to kind of engage people. So tell us a little bit about what the core of your work is with teams and leaders um, in reference to engagement. Sure. So um, well, I'll show you something. Um, I, I put together a couple of slides that I thought would be might be of interest. So let's uh, let's hop inside. Uh, team engagement is is so important in today's day and age. Uh, we're looking at things like how do we create um, higher sales, higher profitability, productivity, less shrinkage. I'm not really sure what that is, but we'll just call it shrinkage. Um, you know, fewer defects, all those things that help to drive the bottom line um, and make sure that our that our teams want to be part of it. Uh, the core of my work is all around team learning and building a model that helps uh, businesses and individuals to be able to make sure that they're they're meeting in a place that's relevant. Um, so the the context of what we do as as a team is relevant context and we're we've got a purpose and it, and it matters towards what we're doing in the future too often uh, team building got kind of the the bad rap where they were saying you know um let's just go have some fun let's go to this camp let's let's play these games it's all kumbaya um when actually team building is is a is a is a leverage point that can really move that engagement forward move the leadership forward and it all comes down to like trust and communication and um and, and and engagement and um, and doing it in a challenging and unique way. So as a as a team designer and as a leader, um, we want to engage our teams in one of three ways. I call them the three Fs. It's either fun, fast forward, or fix. And what we find is that uh, when we're working with a team and we're, we're, we're going to do something with them, our team needs to be fixed in a way. Maybe there's a, a conflict happening. So what we want to do is we want to bring in a professional, um, you know, mediator or uh, facilitator to go through that kind of stuff. That's beyond what we're going to talk about today. Uh, you know, fun is typically what we've been doing team building for. Where we get together for a beer, we um, go out and do an escape room together. Um, we do something like that. Then there's the fast forward stuff. Now, this is where the magic is. If we can take our time that we're doing training and development, or we're away on a retreat, and we can 
integrate team building into training, that's the magic secret sauce. So if we're, I did a project with um, a group that does call center stuff and the call centers, what they were looking to do was it's a 24 seven project is what they do in their business. And they were trying to connect um, the people within the different shifts. So we came up with a tool where we embedded Easter eggs inside all the different client files. Because often when you call a call center, um, they actually manage like 20 or 30 different clients. So they have to have an understanding of the person who picks up people in a limousine versus the plumber versus the electrician versus the dry cleaner. Um, so we hit all these Easter eggs and we set up a scavenger hunt inside their internal database and we gamified it and we gave um, prizes and, and points and all that kind of stuff so that between the shifts, they were all looking for these Easter eggs with inside all of the client data. So they're fast forwarding in that they're learning new business skills. Skills, but on top of that, they're doing some of that cohesion, that engagement, um, that content-driven kind of you know um, thing that's going to give them that stickiness to the business. Because that's what it's all about. It's about how do we create that stickiness as a leader so that people want to hang out, they want to stay around, um, and we're not out trying to hire new people all the time. So yeah, that's that, that's the three Fs for team building. So fun, fast forward, and fix. And uh, and the fast forward stuff, it's just magic. And, and if you do team building right, um, and you do it at regular intervals inside of your regular business activity, um, particularly those times when you're getting together to teach something new or work on a skill, um, those can be really great times to, to create that cohesion. So this is this was digital, obviously, right? The the Easter eggs were digital. So totally that's interesting, right? So again, if you think about kind of with um, you know, obviously the pandemic, everybody was thinking virtually. Yeah. Um, but this was something that you were you were do, doing even previous to that with your with your teams. Yeah, you know, the COVID was funny because I had already been speaking and training on how um, to build what was called a co-located uh, workforce. Um, so that was kind of one of the original terms that the, the geographically dispersed workforce. Uh, we were doing team building stuff with people all around the world and, and trying to figure out how to do it over the phone, using um, computer systems, you know, looking at, at, at even just the disparity between what people had for tools um, at, at their access, whether it's a camera. I mean, I'm working with a 4K camera right now. Um, you know, somebody who might be logging in, they might be, you know, not even on a 1080p, right? They're, you know, the, the disparity of a disparity of of what technology people have um, back in the day was, uh, you know, a 486 versus, you know, styled computer versus, you know, something that might be like a, you know, an iMac or something like that. Uh, so being able to connect people was challenging pre-COVID, uh, um, and that was one of the benefits of COVID, um, at least in my business, was things leveled out and 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 the access to technology, the access um, to to the tools that we needed to connect people changed and adapt. And so um, that's been kind of my the the last couple of years I've been building the team building school where I'm trying to take all this stuff that I had inside my hard drive and you know download it into the school so that people can download them and use these tools in in their space with their teams. So do you find that a lot of people maybe focus on one part of the three F's? Like maybe they they kind of have fun 
right? Mm-hmm. And it's completely disconnected from kind of the fast forward or the fix. Do you, do you find that typically kind of think, you know, they think about, oh, we'll just do like a scavenger hunt um, once. Right. Oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll, um, we'll have a potluck or do something like that. And that's separate from anything in reference to functionality of what, what their day-to-day function is. Is that what you find yeah. a lot of? You're absolutely right, Roxanne. What happens is is uh, is managers they look and they say, okay, well, we have a budget that we can do a quarterly team event, um, and 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 you'll see it on their agendas where it says team building, and it's. <sighs> Team building happens. Team building is not scheduled. Team building is something that happens over time. Um, it's like L- Richard Lavois said, um, he talks about the poker chip theory. And uh, and what's interesting is when you're born, you've got this piggy bank and everybody tells you, oh, you're beautiful, you're wonderful, you're so smart. Oh, look at you, you stood up. Oh, you peed in the potty, that's amazing. And people are constantly throwing these poker chips into, into, the, into your piggy bank. And then all of a sudden, uh, people start going, oh, you're not very smart. Oh, you flunked math. Oh. And they say, you know, you can't do a sit up, a push up, you can't run, blah, blah, blah. And they start pulling out all these poker chips. Our teams are no different. As a manager, what we want to do is we want to start putting poker chips on a regular basis into all of our team members. Team building is not something that happens in an instant, in an occasion. It happens progressively in a bunch of instances. Often you don't even know it's happening. Um, it's those water cooler moments. It's those five minutes before the meeting starts. It's the um, it, it's the it's the taking it's giving a reward that matters to the person instead of giving out a five year award and it's a automatically a watch. Um, you know, you give somebody a whole new toll painting kit because you know that they love to paint and they love to do artwork. You know, it shows that you care and are connected to them as a leader. Um, you know that though that's how team building is done. That is how we do it in a incremental way, and we can plan for it. We can plan to add those poker chips in a logical way um, if we're if 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 we're conscious of it as as the leader. So clearly, it makes sense. And I I mean, obviously, when you're building trust, you don't go from there is no trust to wow, there's trust, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. So it's it's it's. A, it's Obviously, I would say a living entity um, when you work <laughs> with teams. So if someone's listening and they're thinking, I-, I don't know about this thing, Mr. Tyler Hayden, like you're wanting me to do what with who? Like, uh, first right. of all, I don't have the time, um, you know, and, you know, the more time I give them, the more they want. And there's all my complainers on the team and nobody's going to play along and, you know, I'm going to get probably have poison darts thrown at me, figuratively speaking, when I'm yeah, you know, leaving. <laughs> so all those things, these are all reasons that yeah. a lot of managers say, right? Like, I mean, we're run off our feet and give right. me the reasons. Like, I know you, you, you know, with that slide, you talked about all the benefits, but what are right. some of the reasons when you're talking to say, to get buy-in, right? Obviously you have to talk to a company, they're coming to you for a different reason, but then you have to go to the managers to be able to say, okay, by the way, I'm the, I'm the person that's going to help you have people get along better and have fun at work. How do you yep. kind of, from the person that's not really into it, kind of get them potentially thinking about it a bit differently? 
So oftentimes it's a matter of dollars and cents. Um, so for the bean counters, I go through stats like uh, the U.S. finds there's a $40 billion, that's B with a billion uh, dollars worth of absenteeism every year as a result of disengagement. Um, and let's not even talk about the number of presentism is. Uh, you know, Motorola talks about how for every dollar it invests, it returns $30 back in training and development. Um, so th those are some of like the, the numbers you can throw around. Um, but honestly, when I sit down, I, I, I sit down with managers and, and what we realize is that every time they've done team building, it's been done wrong. Right. And there's a lot of great models out there for team building. And and we talk about, uh, you know, storming, norming, forming, perform, you know, all like we, and we've heard all of those models. Um, but what I what I've learned is that it's about team learning, not just about team building building. Um, so it's about how teams learn. And for if, if, if you pause and think about school for a moment, there were courses that you took that you did really well in. You know, for me, what was your favorite course, Roxanne? What was your favorite course in, in geography. school? Geography. Geography. Okay. So you're a very naturalistic thinker. I bet you do really well with processes. I bet you care about culture. I bet you care about people. Uh, those are things that are of interest to you. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and what happens is everybody has a kind of a, a way in which they like to learn. And, we, and we've heard about, you know, there's kinesthetic learners or there's visual learners. Uh, we've heard about those things, right? There's actually eight. Well, there's more than eight. But Howard Gardner, a Harvard professor, he came up with, with eight different learning modalities um, that help to frame how kids like to learn. Like, here, check them out. Uh, so, because <laughs> I made a slide for that one too for you, Roxanne. Uh, we've got eight different learning modalities. There's interpersonal, intrapersonal, linguistic, naturalistic, body kinesthetic, logical, mathematical, visual, spatial, and musical. And, and I fall into kinesthetic um, intelligence. And I love to do things. I love to work with my hands. I love to do that kind of stuff. I'm also uh, linguistic. I, I mean, I've written 28 books and, and I love to crack jokes. You know, humor is my thing. Um, but if you and I were doing team building activities, you would look for something differently than I would. And what team builders or team facilitators have been doing for years that's wrong is they've been coming in and saying, oh, we've got this amazing event. It is a, um, we're going to do an axe throwing competition. They're going to love it. We have great results with it. And they do it, but they do it with a group of um, people who might be maybe like, um, early childhood educators, right? Wrong activity. Like it's the wrong one because it doesn't align with the intelligences that it takes to succeed in that job as an early childhood educator. So I was doing a session in uh, in Florida and one of the project managers in the room said, you know what, Tyler, team building is junk. I have a group of engineers. They hate it. They never want to do it. And she said, you know, I, I, I don't know how to engage them. And I said, well, try the game of commonalities. Commonalities is an activity where all she had to do was set the engineers up in small groups and say, you have two minutes to come up with as many commonalities with the people in your small group as you can. They can't be things that we can see about you. Like we all have hair, which some of them probably didn't. They were probably bald. Um, but, you know, they. she said, you have to come up with many commonalities of stuff we can't see. Like we've all traveled overseas. We all drive a pickup truck. We all have a, you know, a, a, we all have a Netflix account, whatever it is. And whoever can come up with the most number 
will be declared the winner. And whoever has the most obscure will get second place. They loved it. She wrote me a message the next day saying they loved it. And the reason they loved it is because they're mathematical, logical learners who are also linguistic. So they want to be able to measure what it is that they did. They want to know clearly who the winner and who the loser was. They wanted to be able to compete in a in a logical way. They could make that list. The rules were clear. Like setting up the activity for them was the most important part and aligning that activity to that style of learner. That's what I talked about in my book, um, The Business That Cared. And it, it, the multiple intelligences is the secret sauce. It is the magic that allows us to be able to reach people because it's not team building, it's team learning. And when we take away that idea that we're building something, I'm building that's sweaty. I mean, I've, I've built houses and renovated like 200-year-old, how do you sweat, right? Um, but when you're learning, you can engage, you can lean in, you can process, you could do all those things that it's a, it's a lot easier for people to lean in and enjoy what it is that you're doing. Well, I love that because um, ultimately, right, like I think uh, in business, we do the SWOT analysis, we, we look at the metrics, all that stuff. But what you're, right. what I love about um, what you're talking about is that you're actually looking at um, capabilities or abilities that attract people to certain things, right? So right. I'm a psychologist, right? So certain things, you're not going to give me any numbers, uh, you know, because I'm going to go, uh, excuse me? Right? Yeah, you'd be like, time out, that doesn't matter. (laughs) But if you give me anything that's intuitive or um, problem solving or, um, you know, seeing the nuances embedded in something, I'm all in. Like, I'm I'm 150%. So, what I hear you saying, which I love actually, is that when you go into an environment, then are you doing an actual assessment of um, the types of uh, positions that people are doing for teams, or is it cross? What if you have a cross-functional team then? You for know, sure. that's, so, that's the other thing that's interesting when you're doing team building as well. Yeah, 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 of course. So, okay, so in the book, we, we cover that and we have a tool. So there's a there's a tool, we call, we call it the, uh, the MIQ fingerprint. So what we can do is we can do an MI test, so multiple intelligence test, MIQ, um, and we can figure out what is the general, what are what are your top three learning modalities? What, what do you, how do you, what are your top three learning intelligences? You know, I'm a kinesthetic learner, I'm a, you know, visual learner, and I'm a linguistic learner. We take my three, we do a scatter graph with everybody on the team and what their top three is. And what we'll find is that there's commonalities of a top three. So while you might have a high musical intelligence, but nobody else does, well, in our team, we're not going to do anything with musical because it's only just one thing. But you do share linguistic with the team. So we want to make sure there's a linguistic part to the team building that we're doing. So we find that magic fingerprint that is very unique. And that's that uh, uh, more Bennis kind of stuff of, of what makes great groups, right? Uh, where there's there's a there's a synchronicity. There's that there's that magic between people um, that, you know, that Oppenheimer had that uh, Bill Clinton had that um, in their teams that we're able to we're able to figure out what the the magic um, kind of uh, formula is for reaching that team. Now we don't always have the the benefit of being able to 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 use the tool to be able to find out about the team. Um, you know, I do I do programs for upwards of eight thousand people, so it's hard to do and calculate <laughs> the data all at one time. But if we're doing an executive team that might be say ten people. It's easy to to implement. 
but what we can do is we can look at job functions. So Howard Gardner did a really good job of assessing where kids uh, with those intelligences should go based on their modalities. So if you have a kinesthetic child, um, they might do well as a dancer, a police officer, a, a firefighter, a construction worker, stuff like that. So if I'm working with a if I'm working with a group of firefighters, I know that whatever I'm going to do, it needs to be kinesthetic right? Because they are doers. They are with their hands as part of their job roles. So we'll look at the roles and what's required to be successful in those roles and make some inferences of, of what types of team building we should provide. Which and then there's the cultural sense, aspect. though, Tyler, like what amazing. Right? Right. Because if, if you think about it and you're, you're going in and you're going to do the thing like that yeah. everybody's done before, um, people are going to go, oh, do I have to show up at this thing? Right. right. And, and do I have to participate? And what, right. what is he, what's he going to make me do that I right. don't want to do, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was doing a thing for ExxonMobil, a group of um, oil, oil and gas people. And then, and it was a customer service center within ExxonMobil. Um, and one of, the, one of the feedback pieces was, I can't believe that was two and a half hours. I can't believe we did that for two and a half hours. It's um, uh, Mikkel who sent me high talks about flow. You know flow. I'm sure you're you, you, you know, flow theory and 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 how you kind of lose track of what it is that you're doing. Um, you know, in flow theory, uh, Mikkel sent me high talks about um, how do we get to that optimal state of flow, and that's what good team building is all about. It's where our skill level matches our maximum challenge level. Um, and what happens when people are in team building? is they'll look at well, the team builder will all of a sudden start to set up things that are either really boring, like low, low, low skills and, um, you know, low, low, low challenge. And, and you'll have an apathetic team. You know, kids do that all the time in school. Right. Or all of a sudden um, you get dumped into this activity that's really highly challenging, low skill levels. And next thing you know, you're an anxious mess. Right. right, right. Um, so being able to match what we want people to succeed at, we need to get an understanding of what their challenge level is and what their skill level is. And as soon as we can do that, we can get them into that flow state where they're like, oh my gosh, where did that time go? You know, it's like a rock climber climbing up a pitch. All of a sudden they're at the top and they're like, where did the time go? Or you're driving down the road and, and we all have this high level of expertise, except when we're on the 401, we have this high level of expertise, um, you know, and the challenge is just right. And all of a sudden we're at our destination and we don't remember the moments in between. That's flow. And that's what we attempt to do inside of team building. It doesn't work all the time. I mean, not an exact size, but I can't believe people haven't been doing this for years. Like, I'm going to be honest with you, Roxanne. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. Like, I'm not a rocket scientist. I have a degree in recreation management. I did not graduate top of my class, but it's it, to me, it's simple, right? It's simple in that we're reaching to what, what moves people. It's like judo. Instead of stopping the punch, we move the punch beyond us. We're, we're, we're saying, okay, how do you want to get there? Okay, perfect. This is the route, right? As opposed to trying to stop you and move you over this way so Absolutely. that you're going when the way I, did I want keto, you. When I, I did a keto, I'm, I'm pretty small. And um, my instructor obviously was, you know, uh, you know, he was a police officer, a big guy. And um, mm -hmm. when I learned my stuff and then I, I did it with two big guys and then okay. seconds, of course, 
they'd be down. It, it, then you think, right, the outcome was I I took it because I wanted self-defense. Mm-hmm. But the fact is when you, you're so right, when you're in flow, when you learn what is necessary to move you along, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my God, I just took down two six-foot-three guys you know, you know, that are triple my weight kind of thing. And I'm like, wow, it's amazing when you finally, like you said, figuring out the way to learn and what's the best way to get that person there. I think you're, you're right. It's, it's, it's simple, but not easy because you have to think a different way. Right. Absolutely. And I also, and I also know now as a six foot five, 240 pound man, I'm going to need to be really careful when I'm around you. That's what I've learned all of a sudden. Watch it, watch it. When I see it. Quebec City at, at the, you know, I gotta be trying, I'm trying to brush out of my skills. Now let's talk exactly. about some of the realities of, you know, C-suite or people that are thinking and that could, could reach out to you and uh, I would love them to do that or are interested. Let's talk about, look, it's not, people have been through a lot. Um, yeah. There's been, you know, obviously we know what the economy is doing. There's been a lot of, you know, downsizing, right-sizing, you know, yeah. blending, all that stuff, right? Yeah. And a lot of managers have not done or senior teams haven't done well sometimes with how they lead. Yeah. And then they think, Oh my God, I want to start doing this thing. I want to build trust. I want to build transparency. I want to start to do recognition. And, but you're coming in and I'm sure you've dealt with environments like this and you're like, Oh boy. Um, There's some reparative stuff that has to get done. How do you approach those kind of scenarios with, um, senior teams. Yeah. So if you're working in a senior team and, and you know what it is, it's a, it's a, it's a challenging time. And and I've been in the speaking business for, as I said, 28 years, I've, I've seen the economic downturns already a couple of times. Uh, and the, the, the leaders in the C-suite that I've seen really succeed are the ones that go back down to the basics. So they, they figure out what they need to do, how they need to communicate um, with their teams. I'm going to, I'm going to show you something else. Cause it's, um, it's, it's ironic. You're asking me a lot of questions that I have slides for. I'm not sure. Cause we, did not plan this. We just said we're having a conversation, and I'm like, I think I know what Roxanne's going to want to hear about. So, um, and that's my job, I guess, as a consultant. Uh, so, you know, what what's really important is is how do we take our team through what I call the team swell. Um, so this is built off of a model um, that's inspired by um, you know uh, the, that good educational paths have a beginning and a middle and end, just like a corporate cycle has a beginning, middle, and end. Um, the adventure theory, adventure wave theory, is about growing our teams in a progressive wave. Um, the idea of flow theory, where challenge and skills and motivations um, matter. So the the C the, when I when I work and coach C suite people, uh, what I what I really get them to focus on is let's let's look for the low hanging fruit right away. Let's, let's close that, that, that timeline of how we communicate and work with our teams. Let's not look at it as an annual basis. Let's not look at it a quarterly basis. Let's look at a month or a week basis. And what can we do inside of the team swell? So in the beginning, how are we orienting people? How are we challenging them? How are we motivating them? How are we applying the skill sets that are required in order to be successful in any of the projects that they're doing? Because team building, as we said, can be fun, fast forward or fix. So what are we doing every day? How can we gamify it? How can we make it interesting? How can we support them and motivate them, reward and recognize, do all of those things? And, and as we start to do a good job at that, the production um, effort starts to increase a little bit and the engagement starts to increase a little bit. 
And and what what we need to then do is when we realize that we're just starting to curve over top of that engagement and that production curve is we need to celebrate what we've accomplished. Now, here's the trick is when we celebrate what we've accomplished, we can head back into another swell stage where we orient what we're going to do next. It's like building blocks. It's like Lego. We're just going to keep building on top of one another. And it's done in small incremental uh, ways. As we talked about at the beginning, it's about the little things that we do as a leader, setting up the right challenges, making sure that they're unique, building communication, trust and collaboration in in progressive levels like Richard Lavoie with the with the, 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 the poker chips. It's those things, making sure that the tasks and um, jobs that we're asking people to do are engaging for those individual learners within inside of our workforce. You know, when we start to shift that paradigm of employees to learners, we start to see how we can utilize their skills that little bit differently, just that little bit differently. So the counter side of that is that's fantastic. Yeah. But I'm going to say that sometimes you're going to run into managers that don't have some skills yeah. to deliver what you're suggesting, right? Like they're they're not so good as at engagement, or they're not so good at really dropping down into really their space to understand kind of stuff I talk about is dropping down into understanding where you're at when you're stressed, you know, when you have the deadlines and and we're missing deadlines and people are needing something, you have to be able to be able to meet meet individuals where they are. But that's ultimately starts with you as the the manager, the leader to be able to create the space for all these amazing things to happen. Yes. So as part of your training, are you kind of looking at the subset of skills with the managers to see if they can deliver these things? Of course, it's the authenticity. And you might you might download that to somebody else within your team to manage the engagement-y kind of stuff. Okay. You know, it, it, it works the same for you. You're you're an employee as well, right? You're part of that team as well. And, right. and if you're not living your best skill set. Um, then you're not going to engage your team in the way that you might want to engage them um, to their highest peak performance. Um, so if you're looking at your skill set and what your learning modalities are, we'll start to use your learning modalities to connect with theirs. Where do you sit in the same spot? Like we're all mathematical logicals. Okay, well, what? how am I going to, I'm going to engage my team through the numbers, right? So we're going to come up with a way of, of managing our success by looking at metrics, right? Um, kinesthetics, we're going to want to look at those same metrics, but I have to build a way of doing that. So every time somebody succeeds, they write what they succeeded on a coin and they glue it to the next coin. And the next thing you know, you're stacking up all these coins glued together. Like, so we're coming up with ways of using your skill set. I always tell um, the leaders that I work with, you know, don't try to do what I do because what I do is what I do. Right. And that's my skill set. Right. Use what you have. Use your special talents in order to engage folks and do it in a way where you're engaging them where they're at. That's the key. Right. So it's, a, it's like a two sided coin to some degree. Like if I internally know what kind of leader I am and I'm phenomenal at certain things and I'm not so good at other things. And there's alignment too, right? So if I'm a lot like you, Tyler, I'm going to engage with you more because it's it's easier to flow with you. But if I'm right. diametrically opposed to you, I'll be like, oh boy, here he comes. I'm going to stay right. away from him. So it's yeah. really the same things that I talk about in my book, which is ROR, which is really getting that mm-hmm. deep sense of who am I? How do I communicate? How am I transparent? How do I make decisions? And, yeah. and how do 
how do I like to be recognized does not mean that that's how everybody else needs to be recognized. And really starting from that point, then you're able to kind of, um, you know, kind of create that radius of connection around you. Yeah. I mean, think about, um, so I think about the, the interpersonal versus the intrapersonal, the intrapersonal person likes to, you know, sit in their cave. They like to, you know, look at the cause and effect. They love to, um, you know, they love to think deeply about why, like they love to go and research the answer to the question why, and then they'll tell you the answer. And it's nine times out of 10, it's correct. Um, cause they've done the depth of reading. The interpersonal person is about t- collaborating with everybody. They want to be on stage. They want to ask questions. They want to present, they want all that kind of stuff. If you're given a reward to an interpersonal person, it's absolutely okay to stand them up in front of the group and say, hey, congratulations, you were absolutely amazing. Here's your Here's your award, yeah. hang a thing around their neck, big shiny metal. But if you do the same thing to an intrapersonal person, they're never going to do whatever you're rewarding them for ever again. Like it's <laughs> over, like it's done. Right. So, um, you know, and, and, and give your honor yourself with the same um, the same piece of wisdom that, you know, be where you are and 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 acknowledge where you are and connect with people where they are. That's what it's about. I, you know, and having been a manager in multiple roles, because some of us had jobs before we started to do this way. I've uh, heard of these things. I don't really know what they are. Called J-O-B-S. But, you know, <laughs> what I learned it was that I was like, you know, there's certain things that I was really, really good at. Like yeah. I said, but I had people on my, honestly, I think sometimes they were planted on my teams and they were microscopic and they were like, they were like the engineers of the team. Right. right? right and right, they right. would find every time I had missed something. But what they forced me to do was to get better at what they were needing for me to connect at. So I would like pour through reports more and I would look at totally. my training analyses even more so that I could deliver in a way that allowed them to hear what they needed to hear based on the outcome that they were looking for. So it forces you, right? And and you know why it forced you? Because you are that naturalistic learner where you care about that community and that culture. And you were getting pushback from the culture saying, geez, Roxanne, you know what? We need it in this way. And you, you let us down in that way. And you didn't want to let that that group down and you didn't want to break the fabric up. So using, you know, our tool of MIQ, um, you know, your interpersonal skills where you really cared about the people and your naturalistic skills where you cared about the process and that there was that community and all those pieces happening, you were willing to go that extra mile in order to help to make sure that that can be done. Sometimes right. they made you look, they tripped you up. So then you're like, totally. okay, I'm, I'm and can't be on, it's like with uh, the legal profession. And we're like, yeah. there's a statistical analysis error of 0.05. And I'm like, you know, and then you're like, you're in the middle of a presentation. And then you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a statistic, but it's irrelevant, but they toppled you. So I think it's, it's really what it did for me as a, a young manager, because I was in my 20s, is it really showed me, okay, well, I obviously don't naturally think like that. But I've right. got a subset of such different learners. And if I'm going to lead them, how is it that I'm going to effectively do that? And then, I mean, somebody just go, well, that's too bad. You you think like that. And then, of yeah. course, you lost, you lost a third yes. of your team. But um, as managers, you know, obviously, it's kind of figuring out what am I, what are my gifts? What are my blocks? Yep. And how do oh. I enhance what I need to? Now, for people that are, I'm sure, going to love this because you're so um, engaging and funny. Uh, Tyler, for let's say there's 
leaders listening and they're like, boy, you know what? Geez, we've kind of done that thing we said. We do we do the professional development days and right. oh yeah, there's another one coming up and I don't even know what to do because we're not getting engagement and things are getting better. And um, what, where can people reach out or what are some of the things that they should start thinking about as they plan because they've not have been have getting the outcomes that they're looking for? Sure. Well, I mean, you can you can connect with me for sure. And guess what? There's a slide for that too. So here's a here's a bunch of slides. I love when people are prepared, Tyler. So this is all good. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so I, you know what? Here, you know, you can go to my website, tylerhayden.com. You can go to teambuildingschool.com, or if you're scanning that QR code right now, um, then what you're going to find is that there's actually a link to um, the team building toolbox. So if you want to look at doing things a little bit different, I can come in um, for sure, and absolutely happy to do so. Um, but you'll also find that working with the team building toolbox, there's a bunch of pre-made um, activities and tools and things that you can do um, straight away to help to engage your team. Um, like for example, and you want we can play a game if you want to. Uh, I'll start. Yeah, I, I love playing games. Let's see if we can find the right screen. There it is. Uh, we've got a game called the Magic Two Ball. Um, and the Magic Two Ball is awesome because what you end up doing is you end up coming in and you remember, you might remember another ball from pool that I can't talk about because it's yes. different. Um, yeah. But you, you shake it and then all of a sudden there's a quick little question that comes up. Like, what's your greatest passion? What's your greatest passion, Roxanne? Um, scuba diving. Scuba diving. Very cool. I love that. And then you just go back down to the two and you flip back over and you do another one and randomly comes up with another question. So there's new ways and of engaging and, and finding cool ways to connect uh, with people. That's one of them. Uh, another one. Uh, that's my little piece of paradise that you're seeing there. That's where my, goodness, that's my where cottage. Is, where is the picture? Uh, that is uh, Kingsburg, Nova Scotia. Um, it is, uh, just, just outside of Halifax uh, on the South Shore. It's absolutely spectacular. Uh, we have another one, uh, which is called, uh, so you want to be a hundred air and, uh, you might recognize that game too, where you might get a few more dollars than a hundred dollars, but you can go through and you can play the same style of questions. And these are all templates that you can use in order to level up the kind of activities that you want to do um, with your team. So we've got some pre-made things that you can use. You can pick up, uh, I've got a couple different books. We've got uh, Virtually Engaged, if you're doing virtual engagement activities. Um, this goes through some of the theories of things we talked about, as well as has a, a little bit of a Rolodex inside where you can um, check out some different activities that are simple and easy. They've got kind of a recipe of how to do it. Uh, we've got a tool inside the team building school that's a huge database that you can actually filter based on the types of intelligences and find reward recognition, debrief, energizers, team buildings. We're adding to that all the time. There's about 130 things in there right now. We're going to add some more. Um, yeah, and then we've got the, the business that cared about people. It's got a bunch of other activities. So yeah, reach out. I mean, if you want to just chat and have some conversations, um, I'm happy to kind of give you some ideas and shoot me an email. So you can do awesome. that right off. Powerhidden.com. Amazing, 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 amazing. I love it. And cool. like I always, like you said, you know, um, I like the fun and that's what I'm taking away fun and fast forward. And I love the fact that you can um, cue those together because yeah. if I am having fun associated with learning something, and then I think of this in reference to vision and strategy, then all of a sudden I'm, I'm having fun 
and I'm already thinking about the business, you know, and really I'm in it already. So I'm already yeah. learning something different while associating fun with doing something that impacts the business, which I think and, is fantastic. And you want to know a funny thing, Roxanne? 80% of what you learn, you learn when you're having fun. 80%. So if you, if you had a subject in school that you hated, you, mm -hmm. like me in math, Nah. I hated it so much. I took it in summer school. Like I hated it that much, right? I took it in the summertime. That's how much I hated it. But, and and I, I did poor as a result. So, yeah. you know, let's find a way. You're absolutely right. Let's make it fun. Let's make it exciting. Let's connect people um, in a, in a professional way that, that matters to them. Well, I thank can see so how people want to hang out with you because you're, you're, <laughs> this has been amazing. So much fun. Tyler, thanks thank so much again for your time. For others, um, <clears throat> thanks for hanging out with me again. You know, I just released my new book, ROI, Return on Relationships. If you want to know about uh, where you are in reference to relationships, either at home or at work, just go to roxanderhodge.com forward slash quiz. You'll get a really nice mini quiz with some recommendations and uh, you can uh, follow up with me if you're needing more. So again, Tyler, thanks so much. And for everyone, we'll, hang we'll check you next week and uh, look forward to hanging out with you again then. Take care. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxanderhajcom slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.